Welcome to Right Stuff Radio, where we showcase Christian authors worldwide. Each week, join me for a new author and a great new book to add to your library. Welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking to my guest co-host and contributor, Scott Kemack. You may remember that name, and if you do, it's because we have showcased his entire trilogy on The Right Stuff. The first book of the series is simply called I Call Him Him. Let me tell you, I enjoy this series, and now we're going to be talking about the third book in it. I can't remember exactly what group it was that drew me to his book. I believe it was in the Writers and Readers group on Facebook. And I saw this phenomenal cover that just drew my attention. And I said, I have to read it. And plus, I do like dark fiction. So yeah, I had to definitely get it. I read that book so fast, so quickly. I was in for a ride. It has everything that you like in dark fiction. It has bloodshed, lots of violence in this book, very gritty, apocalyptic setting. But what do you know? There's grace, peace, and mercy woven throughout this narrative. You may think, how can that possibly be? Well, that's one of the reasons why I love hosting this show. I get the opportunity to showcase authors like Scott who can interweave the light and the darkness in a wonderful tale. In today's show, we'll be talking about the third book in I Call Him Him. Can't wait to tell you more about it. I want to thank you for your support of my newest release, A Chance with Genevieve. It's available on Amazon exclusively, so go ahead and click on it today. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay up to date with BJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, click on that pink follow button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring on my guest. Scott, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being on the show with me one more time. I think I must have reached out to you because I was so shocked that I did not know the third book was available. And I say, you didn't tell me. You're like, I'm sorry. I have a life, PJ. Why would I do that? But, oh, my gosh, I was so excited when I saw the third book in this series. You know how much I enjoy your writing. And I am sure the third book is going to be the best one yet. And I know I usually ask this toward the end of the interview. But just based off the early readers who've read this book, what has been the consensus? Yeah, I've gotten a lot of positive reviews. You know, everyone really loves it. They really enjoy it. And I think, you know, most of the people have responded and said they actually enjoy the second or third book even better than the first one. So, And the first one was absolutely phenomenal. That's what I'm telling you, gang. You have to go ahead and get the whole trilogy because our main character grows in the midst of bloodshed. And it's a totally 
weird thing to say, but it is the absolute truth. What I love about Scott is that he also did what I call a synchronization of Western influence and Eastern influence. And that has a lot to do with your background. Some people may know, but some others may. Well, how does your background really affect the storytelling in I Call Him Him? Well, I studied martial arts my entire life, ever since I was a child. So it's been over 40 years that I studied uh, Chinese martial arts. And so I've definitely woven that into the story. You know, some of it is based on actual events, you know, from my life that I kind of saw, you know, through the martial arts, that the whole quest of, of, you know, looking internally into yourself and, you know, trying to find peace if you can, you know, also just that uh, hard grit, you know, determination, you know, that you really learn in the martial arts, respect, you know, for others and respect for mankind. So all those type of things are kind of woven into the picture. But it's also a battle because of what happens to this character and the loss that he has, the grief that it brings him. And so to be able to find that balance, you know, between still wanting, seeking revenge, but yet, you know, not losing himself and losing his soul along the way. And I've seen Scott's martial arts exhibition videos on YouTube. They are totally cool. When I first met Scott, I was stalking him on Facebook because I was just blown away by his ability. He's up there kicking, flipping, throwing, you know, buildings up in the air, juggling cars. He's doing all sorts of things because of his martial arts. But I loved how you really mix these two together and then you still have that Christian message coming throughout the story in a very subtle way. But you don't hide yourself from the grittiness of this world. And for those of you who have not yet read I Call Him Him, the entire series is available on Amazon.com. Now, when you get this story, what is the world setting like? And you could tell us a little bit without giving away too many spoilers. Okay. Well, it is a, you know, a post-apocalyptic future, a nuclear war has occurred and pretty much, you know, 95% of humanity has been wiped out. And the world is just, is covered in darkness from all the, you know, the nuclear fallout. And so years go by and it finally reaches the point where some survivors that hit underground can start to come to the surface and try to, you know, uh, reestablish, you know, life and start the world over again. But unfortunately, while they were underground for all those years, this dark, you know, evil presence has taken over the world. And so now it's a battle of, you know, good versus evil. What is still remains, and they're trying to rebuild life and bring that goodness back, but the dark side of it doesn't want that to happen. So, I think I said this in our other interview, is that you really don't shy away from the darkness in this series. And I actually think of that as a positive because if you have satanic forces on the earth, it's not going to be lighthearted. I can remember the sitcoms back in the day where they would have a dream sequence of someone going to hell and they show hell as a nightclub with red lighting. And who can remember the Twilight Zone episode where the guy thinks he's in heaven, but he's actually in hell. I got the impression from there that that was a really important part. And our main character from the first book, he is a warrior, but he's a warrior torn by grief. And throughout the narrative of this series, he grows. But the way he has to grow, he grows through hardships. In the first book, we see him just being a relentless monster. 
But in the second book, he's different. And it was kind of jarring to me because I was so used to seeing him as the monster. And now I get a chance to see him as a human being. Now, I do have the third book, but I haven't had a chance to read it. We're going to be just giving you hints of the third book just to whet your appetite, because I know you're going to go to Amazon to get the whole series. The third book in this series is called The Sword of God. And if you look at this cover, oh my gosh, I just love this cover. I was so blown away by whoever does your graphics. Scott, I love what they do. They are such a good drawer, and I love it. And there's this depiction of the guy, and he has his sword. And he's surrounded by rubble behind him, and we're wondering what's about to happen. Without giving away, again, too many spoilers from book two, or what are we getting ready to prepare ourselves for? All right. Well, again, not giving away too much, but there was a uh, a sacrifice at the end of the second book. And that sacrifice, you know, they believe was to reveal the sword of God, which is what they feel is the only thing that can defeat Satan, is that they need this, you know, special magical or miraculous, you know, weapon. And so it's going to start to uh, head towards this final conflict and between Satan and, you know, his demon horde. And also Satan has now come to the surface, you know, he has left hell and come to the surface and he has risen, uh, the, he's caused the dead to risen on the planet. So now we have zombies being thrown into the picture too. So uh, yeah, and uh, it's going to lead to this, you know, final conflict of good versus evil to see what happens, who survives. And there's going to be some unlikely other characters that I'm going to bring in are actually our, our new characters to the third book that are actually going to, uh, you know, aid him, uh, you know, or Jacob uh, along the way. And, and it's going to be interesting. There's going to actually be a love interest with Bill. I don't know if you remember Bill, the, the character. Yeah, his comedian-like sidekick. So there's actually going to be a love interest there. There's also another main character who's actually a demon that's going to come to play a big part in the picture. So, uh, you know, going to be this final buildup towards this battle and to reunite and get everyone together and be able to get the, uh, all the players that are on the good side, you know, together to try to defeat Satan. One of the things, too, that I like is that you really take the aspect of spiritual warfare and bring it into physicality. And I think that's an important part of the conversation because spiritual warfare is real. Now, in I Call Him Him, you can see it. But these are the types of battles that go on all the time that we don't see. Why do you think it's important for us to understand that? I think that every one of us maybe has a little bit of a darkness inside of us. And so we have that conflict to do what's right, you know, and not to... Uh, you know, slip into, you know, doing something wrong. Because, you know, wrong, I think, is the easy way to go. You know, it's difficult to be good all the time and try to do good things. And so I think in a way that, uh, you know, him, you know, in the books, he's taken a little bit farther. And like I said, in that first book, you know, he's almost losing himself because he's gone too dark. But I think all of us at one point or another in life, you know, do uh, face some darkness. And we have to be able to to not give up, though, and, and continue to struggle and try to stay in the side of the light. It's interesting that you said being good is hard because it is anathema to our natural way of being. Because the Bible says we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. It's much easier to lie than to tell the truth. You don't even have to teach a child to lie. A child, when he realizes that his own interests 
differ from your own rules is going to lie. It's not something you have to tell them, okay, now lie. You don't have to tell them that. What you do have to tell them if you're trying to coach them or something to keep lying. Because <laughs> eventually kids tell the truth. But at the same token, it's easier to be evil and much more difficult to be the person that God caused us to be. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that. Now, we have some more characters that you say you're going to introduce here, and I can't wait to read it. As I was telling Scott before we started to record, I love his work. I love how he writes. And he also has another book out that just came out very recently. It's a little bit lighter than I call him him. You won't get any problems from me reading anything dark, but go ahead, tell us about the other book. Yeah, the other book came out, uh, oh, I think it was in, in January, actually. But it's called After the Apocalypse, The Kim and Kaya Chronicles. It's actually a prequel, okay, to these books. So it is uh, about his daughter and her dog, Kaya, so it's like Kim and Kaya. And they're growing up in the underground, you know, shelter while after the, after the you know, nuclear war has happened. And there's going to be some uh, evils that they start to face as they start to, it, it comes the time for them to come to the surface you know, uh, you would think that the evils exist on the, the top of the planet, but actually there's some things that are going on in the shelter themselves that are affecting him and her parents. So it is a prequel, but it's done as a youth adult. So I did it much more, you know, light. There's no profanity, <laughs> not as much blood or gore. So it's more towards the yeah, teenagers and so forth. I actually did it with my own daughter and her German shepherd in mind, and their pictures are on the cover. <laughs> so I actually used them for the cover. And that was really fun. You know, I thought that I wanted to give some more background to the hymn story. And, you know, so I've been thinking about it for a while. And then when I took my daughter to school, because she started college at, at UTSA, as I was driving back, that's when I started thinking about it. I said, you know what, I'm going to, you know, write that story. And I'm going to do it, you know, writing it as if it was her, you know, and her dog and, and the relationship that they have together, which is this really cute bond, you know, that, that they love each other so deeply. Yeah, so I wrote, and it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed, you know, writing from that, from my daughter's point of view, actually. So, you know, it was pretty neat. And you would know what your daughter thinks because you've raised her from baby to woman, you know? Yeah, and I had to ask her sometimes, though. Every once in a while, I give her a call and say, hey, well, how do you think about this? What would you do in this situation? <laughs> I love that story behind it. Now, you also have another book. Is it still set in this same universe? Yeah, so part two to that book, it's actually called What Remains, The Kim and Kaya Chronicles, and that one is coming out October 13th. By the way, both of these are short stories, though, so I think each one is like around 17,000 words, so they're, yeah, they're both uh, fairly short stories, but this one continues from where the first one, you know, left off, and they're going to actually, uh, you know, start to, to reach the surface now, and then what are they going to face on the surface, of course, because you know from the hymn novels that there's, of course, a, a planet covered in evil. So how are they going to deal with that? So lots going on. So if we technically wanted to read this in order, we would read After the Apocalypse and then What Remains, and then I Call Him Him, Angel of Death, and then The Sword of God. Technically, if we wanted to read it in chronological order, not necessarily in publication order. But I find there's a lot to be said for doing it out of order this way, because as a writer, you become entrenched in your world and you begin to see other places of history that you can work with. So I definitely encourage you to continue to work in this world, however long you're going to work in it. Do you think you're done with the I Call Him Him world? 
Oh, no, no, no. I, I already started another one. I don't know if you remember the character Katie from the, uh, the I Call Him Him trilogy. She's a uh, tough Mexican-American girl from Southern Texas. And I started writing a solo novel for her. I barely started, though. I've only finished like the first chapter, but I'm actually really excited about that one. So that's what I'm currently working on. And I have other ideas for the other side characters, too, for the Shaolin monk, Seng Shan. I've thought of doing a uh, prequel on him, you know, like back, you know, before, actually before, you know, the nuclear war occurs and everything, um, kind of leading up to that, like in his younger years. So I actually have a lot of ideas out there. <laughs> so they just keep rattling around in my head. I just got to find time to write. I know with your busy schedule, you do a lot. So, yeah, that's a lot. But I like the fact that you are exploring this world from so many different angles. Now, going back to the third book, The Sword of God, in the book, there is this final battle. I've always seen final battles as precursors or illusions to the great final battle that we experience at the end of all things. Do you think you are heading toward that direction with this series? Or is there going to be another final battle? Is there going to be a second wave? What are you thinking? I don't want to give too much away, but let's just say, yeah, it doesn't have to be over. That the way I ended it, it could lead somewhere else. So, Oh, that's absolutely delicious. I love stuff like that. So that already kind of gives me a hint, but not quite. And I'm totally fine with that. One thing, Scott, I should tell you, I don't read the blurbs of your books. I just delve right in because I like to go straight, blind, dead in. Don't want to know what's going to happen. I want to be completely surprised. And that's how I found your book in the first place, because the cover was so beautiful. And we should probably give your cover design artist a shout out. What's his or her name? Oh, well, I actually, I have a different one now for the third book. It, the first two books, I just had someone off of Fiverr that I used, I found out of Brazil. For the third book, I switched to um, uh, 100 Covers. I don't know if you've heard of that company. I have heard of 100 Covers, and they're, they're pretty good. Another author I know uses them. She writes romance, and she used them. So that's cool. We'll give 100 Covers a shout-out. And they did a really good job in keeping with the stylistic, the style of the first two covers. So that was pretty cool. I really like the way they use it. I think I'm going to use them from now on. So Hey, why not? If it works, don't fix it. <laughs> if it's not broke, don't fix it. So definitely get you there. And so when we're looking at this trilogy as a whole, when you look at yourself as a whole, because each book, I believe, makes you a better writer because you learn things along the way. How has your journey throughout this entire trilogy changed for you as an author? Yeah, I think I, it's helped me develop as a writer. I think that, you know, my writing has gotten much better as it's gone along. So I'm very happy about that. And I'll probably continue learning all the time. I think, I think as, you know, as authors, I think we're always learning more and more. So um, that's really been exciting that part, the writing part, still, you know, the marketing part, oh my gosh, that's always the hardest thing still. And yeah, the marketing is the satanic beast sometimes because you have to do so much to make people know that your book is out there. And most authors hate to market. They just want to write the book and then let the book sell itself, realizing and not realizing at the same time, you have to market your book. So. And that's, you know, finding that balance because sometimes I feel like you know, I'm spending too much time on marketing. I'm like, what am I doing? I should be writing. <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, you know, it's difficult, but little by little, I'm getting there, building more of a following and so forth. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's working and I'm enjoying that it's moving in the right direction. So, 
It's interesting. I believe the first interview that we had, this was your first book, correct? I call him him. And now within what, two years, you've written five books, I think. I actually have one other short story also that I published. <laughs> that one is called The Demon Inside Me, which is a short story, really short. As a matter of fact, I think that one is only like 5,000 words. And I think I did it last year, like for Halloween. But it is about a woman that during a pandemic, so similar to what, you know, we were facing. And now, now hopefully it looks like it's almost over, right? But she uh, is in quarantine in her home. She can't see her family or friends or anything. And she starts to go a little crazy uh, being away from everybody. And some events happen. You know, someone comes to her house and so forth. And it just leads in the totally wrong direction. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of, it's more of a horror story. It's like a scary, uh, short little horror story, Twilight Zone type, you know, uh, story. So I, I really enjoyed writing that one too. That was a lot of fun. So you can see that Scott has a wealth of talent and he has a lot of different stories to tell. And I hope for our listeners, if you haven't had a chance to read I Call Him Him, go ahead and pick up the trilogy today. If you like gritty, you like redemption, you like a lot of action, even adventure, the whole series has it. Plus, it also has spiritual truths that are told in a very unique way. So make sure you go ahead. Pick up your copy of I Call Him Him, the first book in the series, and then go ahead, click, keep clicking, and pick on the second book called Angel of Death. And then one more time, The Sword of God. And you're definitely going to enjoy all three of these books. And then guess what? Scott, you'll have someone going, oh my gosh, Scott's book is coming out next. Because that's literally what happened. When I saw his second and third book, I'm like, oh my gosh. How do I not know that you had a third book out? I felt so betrayed, Scott, that I didn't know. But <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But yeah, I really am excited to read the third book in the series because the first two were absolutely phenomenal. Now, the few moments that we have left, you know, I always want you to give people an opportunity to connect with you. Well, sure. Yeah. If they want to check out my books, they can go on Amazon.com author Scott Kimmack. Also, all my social media is just my name, Scott Kimmack. So you can find me Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm on all of those, but it's just my name, Scott Kimmack. So it's, it's pretty easy to find. And last but not least, go ahead and encourage those authors out there today whom God has given the gift to write to pick up the pen and do so. Yes. Um, you know, I think everyone's got a story to tell, you know, and uh don't get discouraged. Don't let anyone, you know, stop you from trying to do what you want to do. And uh, sometimes it's difficult, but just keep pushing and you can make it through it and make your dreams come true. Particularly for you, Scott, because you wrote so gritty, some people may actually say, well, you shouldn't write like that. And I'm going to let you know right now, I love the entire series. I know I'm going to love the third book. So go ahead, keep doing you because not everyone can write Amish romance. Not everyone can write historical romance like I do. Not everyone can do sci-fi. Everyone has that talent inside of them that God has given them. So I really appreciate you picking up the banner and using the gift that God gave you to write this trilogy. And I cannot wait to have you back on the show and have you back real soon. All right. Sounds great. Thank you for having me. And we were talking today to Scott Kemack. He is the author of the trilogy, I Call Him Him. And we were highlighting his third book in that series called The Sword of God. What you want to do is pick up the first two books in that series called I Call Him Him and The Angel of Death. They're all available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. 
Do you have a story within you? Why aren't you writing it? Go ahead, pick up the pen and write stuff. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J, and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day. <laughs>